0: Welcome to Babbittville Radio, a place where you'll hear great conversations with the world's best and most inspirational runner, triathletes, and cyclists. Endurance lives here. Now, here's your host, USA Triathlon and Ironman Triathlon Hall of Famer, Bob Babbitt. Welcome to Babbittville Radio. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by can, smarter energy to finish stronger, by VeloFix, the f- world's coolest mobile bike shop by the PTO. The Pro Triathletes Organization, uniting the pros for better tomorrow by Form Goggles and by Normatech. We're also brought to you by our Challenged Athletes Foundation, challengedathletes.org. which has sent out 3,921 grants, totaling $5.9 million to keep challenged athletes in the game alive through sport. Check out any of our interviews on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Babbittville.com, or any of your favorite podcast apps. As always, endurance lives here. Our next guest... Originally from Weaver, Alabama, Mr. Zach Campbell joins us. Zach, how are you? Hey, Bob. I'm doing
1: well. Doing well. How are you doing today?
0: I am spectacular. So take me back. Growing up, was it always motocross for you? Um, No, sir.
1: Not necessarily uh, just motocross. Um, I actually was raised on NASCAR racing, my dad took me to the talladega super speedway nascar event winston cup event when i was uh for the first time when i was three years old and uh, i remember sitting on his shoulders in the stands watching the race and uh, just from there I, I was just hooked at an early age at an early age to just racing in general um I uh, couldn't afford to race four wheels and a uh, dirt track or asphalt coming up. So uh could easily afford a motorcycle. So I just started riding on trails and on the farm. And, uh, and just my passion for racing, you know, was always there and just steadily grew as I continued to ride motorcycles.
0: Well, and obviously you had some success. So at the age of 13... You just won the 2001 yeah. Alabama Summer Motocross Championship. Um, yes, sir. Mom and Dad sent you to a pro motocross school in Georgia. Yes, yes. Yeah. Gary
1: Bailey Motocross School. Yes, sir. Well, yes, yeah, it's sir. funny. A big,
0: yeah. good friend of mine is David Bailey. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he's been a big part of our Challenge Athletes Foundation. Amazing, amazing motocross guy and supercross guy. And obviously, uh, eventually became uh, Ironman champion in the hand cycle division. So your parents yeah, sent so you to a motor scr- One of my heroes. Is he really? Absolutely. We'll have to connect yeah, you sir, guys. He is. So, <laughs> so September twenty second, two thousand one. You're at this motocross uh, school in Georgia, and what happened?
1: Um. Well, we had went through the um, the class that day, and uh, went through all the training, and everything went great. Uh, so great that Gary named me one of the top three riders of the day. And uh, we got to show out a little bit there at the end of the day and was feeling good after that, you know, and uh, the track owner told everyone that he was going to turn the lights on for everyone to have an opportunity to practice for the next day's classes. So I thought, hey, you know what, having a great time here, loving this track, loving this new bike. Um, I'm all the way over here, let's do this, let's let's ride some more. So I was just out there practicing for the next day and was going through a set of jumps and got crossed up with another rider and he ended up landing on top of me as we both got ready to set up and land off of the uh, same jump at the same time. And uh, he landed on top of me and it... uh, Broke my back at T7 and T8 uh, in the thoracic spine area. It was a compression fracture that ultimately bruised, pinched, and stretched my spinal cord. Oh, And caught, caught yes, sir. Yeah, unfortunately. And it uh, caused paralysis from the bottom of my sternum down to my toes.
0: Oh, my God. So you're laying there, and you I remember David Bailey telling me when he was injured, he kept telling people, "Hey, listen! If you take your hands off of me, I'll be fine." And they were like, "Nobody's touching you, David." He's like, Uh-oh. "Uh oh." Right. When did you realize mm-hmm. that this was more than because it's it, motocross guy, you crash. That's sort of part of the deal. But this oh, was yeah, this yes, was sir. different.
1: Absolutely, Bob. Yes, sir. Um, and this actually uh, was was the first time in my career where I'd hit the ground and and you know, didn't understand, didn't realize before I hit the ground what had happened, what had went wrong. You know, I usually knew what I did, had done wrong or what someone else had possibly done wrong to cause me to go down, and I just had no memory of it. Um, and that was because it absolutely knocked me into another world. Uh, I I died uh, or, you know, stopped breathing two or three times between my trip, from the track to the emergency room at Floyd Medical Center in Rome, Georgia. Uh, they called in a life flight, and the life flight actually had to make an emergency landing because the helicopter had a mechanical failure on the way to come pick me up at the track. So they had to call the ambulance back. They had unfortunately just left the racetrack and i was about 15 minutes away from the track so they had to call them back get the paramedics back to the track um my mechanic is in my face on the track trying to revive me and get me to come back and when they get to me i've got i mean i'm just covered in blood and i've got blood on the ground around me and and i'm not responding at all and and i'm turning a you know a bluish grayish color and um I finally get the, the paramedics back there, and, and I'm in and out, in and out of consciousness. And uh, I, I have no idea what's going on. I, I, the only thing I, I have memory of and the only thing I know is that, that I cannot breathe. And, and I cannot remember what, what happened. I just know, I just knew that I, I was on my, on my bike on the motocross track, and that was it. And I, I was just trying to figure out what was going on, and I knew I was scared and hurting. Um, but to answer your question, as far as knowing for the first time and realizing that I was paralyzed, it was, uh, when I was laying on my back in the ER after I'd been in there for probably about 20 25 minutes, um, a young ER tech was right there with me and I I looked up at him and, and with tears in my eyes, I asked him, you know, I said, you know, can I go home tonight? And, um. When he started crying, I realized that there was a big problem. And um, I knew I was going to be there a while. And about that time, uh, my neurosurgeon walked up, and uh, he started, you know, checking me out and asking me if I, could, if I could feel this, feel that. And that's when it started hitting me. I said, okay, you know, I started realizing I, "Well, I, I, there's part of, parts of my body I cannot feel at this time. So it started to become a reality at that point.
0: What did you know? Did you know anybody in a wheelchair in terms of what would be your future? Did you have a clue about what what you thought might be next?
1: Uh, No, sir. Not at all. I I had no clue, and and I had no friends, no family members uh, that I knew or had any type of a, a history with or relationship with at the time that that had lots of physical challenges or, or lived life in a wheelchair. Um, certainly no one who was, was paralyzed. And uh, I, I knew, you know, fortunately, you know, God blessed me with the ability to, to understand and realize at a young age that, you know, I was being being welcomed into a... Uh, and in, introduced to a, to a new world at a young age. And it was just... Um, Time to, to do my best, you know, and, and enjoy the ride and so, make the most of it.
0: So you're, I mean, you're again, you're 13 years old, uh, going through high school and, you know, being in a wheelchair and, and trying to figure out what your life is going to be. Uh, how difficult was that? Right. Yeah, I, I, I had no
1: idea. I had no idea. I, I had goals, of course, when this happened to me. Right. I had things that I wanted to do as far as academics. Um, I was highly involved in sports and athletics in school. I was playing uh, varsity football at the time. I was playing varsity baseball at the time. Uh, I just loved it, enjoyed it, and I thought that, you know, hey, you know, maybe I can make something of myself as an athlete, and if not, I'll just at least have something that Yeah, like you said, I was 13. I had time, you know, at least by the time I was 18 to decide what I wanted to do in school after high school. So I knew I'd have that to fall back on if, you know, athletics didn't work out. Um, But I really had no idea. I mean, outside of, you know, growing up around a farm and being, you know, from the the southeastern part of the United States, you know, agriculture was, was on my mind. I always... Was interested in agriculture, and Auburn University here in, in Alabama is, is a great agriculture school. So um, I thought about maybe possibly going there, but but you know that's and, and also had maybe the military in mind. You know, maybe going and serving um, in the Navy. Uh, had dreams and, and aspirations to um, to maybe you know attempt to be a Navy Seal. Uh, had actually been. Accepted into the Junior Seal Camp hmm. program just the months
0: prior to this accident happening to me. Wow, at thirteen, Ooh, that was yes, that's pretty good. Yes, sir. Hey, did you did mm-hmm. you explore wheelchair basketball or any of those other types of sports, or was it was in the back of your head? I got to figure out how to get back racing. Uh, I've you know, don't get me wrong, I, I love those
1: sports and and they spark an interest in me, but. Nothing, nothing like racing.
0: Right, you're racing a racer. Is, is That's what you do for me. Yeah, yes, sir. So in 2006, you're in a jeep crash. Not, not that your life hasn't been tough already. You're in a jeep crash. <laughs> you're thrown out of the jeep. The jeep lands on you. And yes, um, uh, how did, did that compound the injuries you already had? Um, it, it didn't. Um, thank God,
1: it did not affect my back Good. in any way. Um, It affected parts of my body that I I could not feel. Uh, It affected my right leg, my right tibia. Uh, I actually ended up underneath the Jeep and back in the driver's side area, window area of the vehicle. So right back where I'd just been ejected from. Uh, The windshield post had actually come down across my right knee and, and shin area. And it just all that weight of the vehicle right there just caused it just to luckily go into a muddy ditch and caused a compound fraction of my compound fracture of my tibia. And uh fortunately I, I couldn't feel it <laughs> when yeah. it happened. And uh they had to airlift me to UAB in Birmingham, Alabama, and that's where they inserted a metal rod into or titanium rod into my right tibia, and uh, luckily from there, at that time, I went through extensive physical therapy training uh, and uh, gait training with crutches and leg braces, so I was able to get up and and move around on crutches and leg braces at the time, and the only thing that uh, saved my right leg from having to be amputated from the knee down was... uh, being able to stand on those leg braces, I had to, to stand to, to make that tibia fuse properly. Yeah. I had to stand in, in place in a corner for eight hours a day for four weeks. Oh um, my God. Yes, yes, sir. Eight yeah, hours was, a day? Eight hours a day, the only time I could sit down or get down was to you know of course to use the bathroom and, and maybe to, to eat a snack but but that was it. it so, was right back to it after that, so
0: you couldn't no, walk it. you- are paralyzed, so you can't walk, but you you they have braces so you stand on it just so it confuse yes yeah they're
1: they're they're called uh, kafos. K a f o s. k a f os yep and uh yeah. Yeah, I, was, wow. I had those with, with arm braces, with um, arm crutches, and I, I had a little TV stand type, entertainment type stand deal in my bedroom at that time, and it, I was just using it as, you know, the shelves for like books and stuff, and I just used that, to stand, and I'd just hold on to it and just, you know, lay a book on the top shelf right there and just read a book or just look at the wall or just look at the window. You know, look out the window and just you know, just stare and think. And it gave me a lot of time to to think about things. You know, think about life and think about myself and and the world. And yeah, you know, it, it was. I have to say, it was it was good. It was a it was a tough time. It was it was rough, but I'm I'm thankful for it. I am. Wow. Um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't change
0: it. So a few months after you, a few months after you graduate from high school, you drive to Charlotte, North Carolina. I think I think that might have been your first trip alone since uh since the accidents. Um It was. Martin Trix Jr. invited you to Talladega. And yes. then, and then the guy goes and wins and you're there in victory lane. How cool was that?
1: Yes sir, that was very cool. Super cool. And Martin Trix Jr. is such a great guy. He, he is an awesome guy, um, not only and just an awesome champion for NASCAR, but just just an all-around great guy. Comes from a great family, and uh, he and his family they they welcomed me there at the track along with Tim Packman and the others at the time at Deller and Hart Incorporated, and uh, I, I owe those
0: guys and, and girls a, a lot. They they really helped me a lot. So you get into driving, and you're driving a Legends car with hand controls. And your first race, you finish last. Uh, But a few months later, you're finishing top three in these races. Yes, Uh, absolutely. How cool did it feel to be back racing again? Oh, it was, Bob, it was wonderful. I mean, that that
1: just, just the best feeling ever. I mean, it, it felt better than showing up at the motocross track for the first time. You know, in my rookie year, from my first race. I mean, it's just sweeter than that. Just, I don't know if it was from you know, brushing death, you know, a couple times there, and and nearly nearly losing my life, and and maybe realizing what what I had, and there, and um, you know, realizing that I had not only a second chance, but a third chance, a fourth chance there. Um I don't know just something about it just really sweetened the deal and and just made um, it just made my made everyday life better.
0: So you move up from to the what Chevy Silverado race trucks and you win rookie of the year and yes. you know then all of a sudden I mean you're you're racing well and I'm looking up and it's like about around 2010 everything seemed to be going well and then I'm like okay where's what's happened the last decade where where's Zach been? What's been going on? And, um, uh, fill me in because there's a sort of a blank space there. Yeah. Um,
1: everything went great from, you know, 2007. We, we got out of the legends, moved on up in 2008 to the trucks, ran great. Uh, we were consistently in the top five, um, knocking right there at the, the door of victory lane a few times, but just had some bad luck with some tires going flat during the race. And, And, uh, just an issue with some parts breaking, um, just wasn't meant to be, but it was just part of the process. Uh, but that, you know, some doors were opened where we were able to start racing the pro and super late model as well. And that went great for a year. And, uh, then all all of a sudden just things just kind of come to a halt. Um, you know, the the economy took a hit, um, yeah, and so some major sponsors had to unfortunately back out, and uh, that just left me with um, really with no team. I had a ride, had a car, but with no sponsors and no team, I unfortunately had to to sell my ride, and that left me without a ride, and just held me, you know, left me holding on to my hopes and my dreams of hopefully getting back out there one day. But in the past, you know, the past ten years, I've um, just been dealing with life, Bob. Life's yeah. just been uh you know, I thought it had turned pretty dark there in two thousand one but uh but it it got a little darker on me. Um there shortly after uh my uh, opportunity to race come to an end. Um just some issues with, with my family and some issues with uh some things I had going on personally mm-hmm. and you know, in my day-to-day life. And I uh, had a few issues come up physically. I had gotten out of shape and gotten out of my um, my workout program and routine. But but I've gotten back on track with that. Uh, everything's looking up there. And every, really, everything's looking up in, in every area of life right now. Um, really just not only trying to make a comeback in, in racing, but really just trying to make a comeback in life as
0: well to be honest with you. What turned it around for you, Zach? Uh, Obviously when you go through, when it seems like, okay, I don't have a ride, um, I'm dealing with financial issues, family issues, depression, you got a lot of stuff going on. What was the, what was it, was there one turning point or would it just, just things sort of evolve? Um, Just, just
1: hitting, you know, rock bottom so hard that really just knocking myself out. Really, of just hitting rock bottom so hard and Realizing that, you know, hey, you know, it is worth getting up every day and and getting out here and and doing something and you know, being your best and and trying to make a, a good positive difference in the world today. Uh, today especially, you know, with with all the negative things going on in the world. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's so much negative going on. I, I just was tired of got tired of laying around depressed and feeling negative and ill and and just having to get on my phone or get on the TV and hear about all this negative stuff and, and something just, you know, it was God or just something in me just telling me, hey, you know, Zach, it's time to, you know, let's get up out of this. Let's go do something. Let's, let's be the positive that we, we want to see in the world, you know, and, and that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing, Bob. I'm just here today just... Uh, putting forth the effort that I feel like is is required and needed to uh, be that positive someone and something in the world. Love it. And uh, anything I could do would, uh, you know, would just would be wonderful. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the the CAF, Um, not only is David Bailey one of my heroes, but John McLaren
0: as well. Oh, yeah, One Jim McLaren was uh, yeah. the reason we started the foundation started McLaren, 27 sir. years ago. Absolutely. Jim McLaren again, sir. So is the goal I'm now sir. to get back racing? Yes, absolutely. And what are you trying okay. to race? Is it trucks? Is it cars?
1: Uh, we're I'm wanting to race anything, but uh, right now I have the opportunity to uh, buy a car, and uh, a pro-stock, street-stock car, and go racing here in the southeast. Nice. And, uh, in Georgia, Florida, and in the state of Alabama.
0: Very cool. And uh, get, yes, sir. getting back in the race car, how I bet you that just just turned everything around for you. Yes, absolutely.
1: It it will. It certainly will. It, I get in that race car and just, uh, you know, all the negative in, in my life and and everything going on in the world, it just it goes right out the window, Bob.
0: So, Zach, and, if people um, so, want to follow you and and learn more about your story and figure out how to help, wh- is there yep. a website? What's the best way to, to track down what you're doing? No, sir, I,
1: I do not have a website at this time, uh, but I am on Facebook.
0: Oh, okay. And,
1: yeah, yeah. just my name's Zach Campbell, Z-A-C-H, and Campbell, yep. C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L. And uh, I have my, my town, my location listed as Anniston. Alabama. And uh, that's just the nearest town right outside of Weaver here.
0: Yeah. So so hopefully yeah. when things turn around and the world opens up a little bit, we got to get you to one of our CAF events because we do events you know when the world's not crazy all over the country, different, you know, wheelchair <laughs> basketball <laughs> yeah, and just all sorts of things that we all sorts of different clinics that we do. It'd be great to get you connected with what we're up to, especially with David Bailey and okay. Jim McLaren, two of your heroes, that's uh, that's right in our wheelhouse.
1: David, David. Yes, sir. Yeah, Jim, Jim and David. Yeah, I, I think a lot,
0: of, a lot of those guys uh,
1: would love to um, to be involved with CAF and be able to uh, continue uh, Jim's legacy. You know, and um, and would also love to be able to um, get together with David one day, man. If I could uh, shake David's hand. You know, maybe give him a hug and thank him for uh, being such a huge inspiration to me. I mean, he, he inspired me, you know, long before I even, you know, ended up in, in a wheelchair.
0: He's pretty um, special. He's a pretty special guy. And the races between, you know, Navy SEAL Carlos Meleta and David Bailey in 98, 99, and 2000 over at the Ironman World Championship, People forgot oh, about the goodness. wheelchairs and forgot about the disability. It was two great athletes who wanted to kick the other guy's butt, and uh, that that yes, was sir. a very special time.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. You <laughs> called that right. Yes, sir. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Zach. It has been such a pleasure to get to meet you over the phone. I can't wait to we can do that in uh, in person. And I want to hey. get Ooh. when you're back when you're racing. We want to come down and watch. Awesome, Bob. Yeah. Hey. Thank you so
1: much. I appreciate the opportunity, um, and I, I look forward to being a part of, of CAS and uh, look forward to meeting you as well. And, man, I cannot wait to
0: get you and um, everyone else to the racetrack, man. We're going to have a great time. So, Zach, I was able – we did a triathlon on the Daytona Speedway uh, in December, yeah. and then I got invited to come down for, uh, for Daytona 500. Um, no. in February, yeah, right before the world pretty much shut down, that was an experience like I've never had before. That place was amazing, with about yes, hundred, a couple hundred thousand people there, one hundred eighty thousand in the stands. uh Wow, at that, yes,
1: it, it will certainly get your attention.
0: That's for sure. Zach Campbell has been our guest. You can follow him on Facebook. Z A C H C A M P B E L L. Follow Zach on Facebook, and hopefully, he'll be back in a race car soon and doing what he loves to do. And obviously, what you've always been good at, Zach, is is going fast. Yes, sir. Love it. Zach Campbell has been our guest again. Uh, This is Babbittville Radio. We are brought to you by You Can Smarter Energy to Finish Stronger by VeloFix. The world's coolest mobile bike shop by the PTO, the Pro Triathletes Organization, uniting the pros for a better tomorrow, by Form Goggles, by Norma Tech, and by our Challenge Athletes Foundation we just sent out. 3,921 grants, totaling $5.9 million. Keep Challenge Athletes in the game of life through sport. Check out any of our interviews on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Babaville.com, any of your favorite podcasts, apps, as always, endurance lives here.